Thank you for listening in today. The word of God is clear. Before anything or anyone existed, God created heaven and earth. He prepared a magnificent place for all living things. And because he foreknew what was to come because of sin, he created a grandeur of heaven, a place that we as his children cannot imagine yet long to be. You'll want to take notes, so have your Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander tells us about the indescribable place called heaven, a place reserved for the children of God. If you turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation to the end, last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, I want to preach on heaven. Since so many people are dying in our families, but people are dying, young people are dying, people are dying everywhere. And I want to preach on the subject of heaven for the next few Sundays because I just believe it's a good time to do that. How many of you have had loved ones or close friends this, this year to die? Raise your hand. So, okay, look at all the hands, including myself. And uh, I want to let you know that um, heaven is real and, uh, and also hell is as real as heaven. They are two literal places and all of us are going to one or the other. Either you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that will qualify you to go to heaven, or you do not know the, the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't want the word. You don't want the Lord's church. You don't want God having ch- charge and control of your life. And then you will die and open your eyes in hell. But I don't want to see anybody go to hell. It is a terrible, terrible place. And that's why I preach so hard. And that's why I love you so much. Because I long to see people come into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the text in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I want to preach on heaven. Most people are afraid to even approach the book of Revelation because of fear. They are afraid of approaching the book of Revelation because of not understanding the symbolisms and the various interpretations therein. However, Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. If we only would take God at his word and realize that we are blessed by reading the book of Revelation, we are blessed by hearing the words read from this great book 
of God. We are blessed by obeying the words of this book. It will serve as a tremendous source of encouragement, comfort, reassurance, and hope in a world that's filled with deception. This book will serve as a tremendous source of encouragement uh, in a world that's filled with lies and psychics and false teachers, uncertainty, doubt, fear, as well as death. Just as the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, gave us our origins, the beginnings, Revelation is the culmination of the canon of Scripture. We can have a tremendous sense of peace knowing how God will wrap up human history and usher his people right into the eternal state with him. The closing chapters of the book of Revelation gives us a foretaste of glory divine as we delve into the precious subject of heaven. Why don't we just say the word heaven? Say it. Say it again. Say it one more time. When is the last time you said the word heaven? Now, we oftentimes hear the word hell, and maybe you're guilty of, and I know you need to repent. The worst thing you can tell a person is go to hell. That is terrible because hell is a terrible place, and we should not want anyone, even the worst of people, to go there. Hell is that bad. And hell is as real as heaven. And, uh, and, but, but we want to deal with the subject of heaven today because that's what God has laid upon my heart. So with that being said, why is heaven such a beautiful, indescribable, and incomprehensible place? Why is heaven such a beautiful, indescribable, and incomprehensible place? Number one, because all things are made new. All things are made new. Verse 1 says, now I saw a new heaven. Look at the word new, new heaven, and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. My friends, we cannot comprehend being in a place where absolutely nothing is outdated in heaven. Absolutely nothing in heaven is worn out or wears out. Absolutely nothing in heaven is unusable. Absolutely nothing in heaven is obsolete. And absolutely nothing in heaven malfunctions. That makes it wonderful right there. You buy clothes and they don't fit. You get things for Christmas and the next day at Walmart, wherever you go, you go back to the exchange line because it's not working. The toaster you got is not working. The TV is not working. But in heaven, it's a perfect place. Everything is functional and you don't have to worry about outdated worn out things. All things are made new in heaven. After the thousand year reign of Christ on earth in Revelation chapter 20, the earth as we know it will pass away, which means this present creation will be destroyed so that it will be cleansed of all effects of sin. This is not a renovated heaven and earth, but the scripture says a new heaven and a new earth be mindful that the new heaven does not refer to the abode of Christ in the third heaven, but rather it refers to the earth along with the earth atmosphere in the area where the birds fly and the galaxies also, where the moon, the stars, and all these things are. 
all of that will be burned up. You say, where is that in Scripture? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, 10, and 12, it says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, Everything came into existence by the word of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be, whatever he said, it came into fruition at the word of God. And so everything was preserved by the word of God. It was created by the word of God, and things are kept by the word of God, preserved by the same word and reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition judgment of ungodly men. Everything will ultimately one day be burned up. Look at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Don't fall in love with your material possessions. Hold things lightly. You will not have it very, very long. That's why everything you have, you ought to surrender to God, give it to God, and not hard for yourself. Give it away, be a blessing to people. Support your family with with possessions, but then once your family is sufficiently taken care of, be a blessing to others, be a blessing to God, because everything you can see, touch, and smell will ultimately be an ash pile. That's right. You see those glasses you got on, designer glasses, ash pile. That dress and all, and the stuff all in your storage in your attic and all down the street, ash pile. Cars, I don't care how you can polish it, it's going to the ashes. Why don't you, y'all getting quiet now. You say, it's, it's, in other words, you can't keep it. You can't keep it. It will be burned up. It is impossible to imagine life on earth without problems. In fact, life on earth compels us to prepare for them because we know they will come. God's word tells us so. However, if we endure to the end of our lives on earth through the application of and obedience to his word, we will be free of the trials and tribulations of this life and rewarded with eternal life with our Lord and Savior. The former things shall be no more, nor will we remember them. Listen as God uses Pastor Rander to share this inexplicable truth. Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved. You ever seen an alcacessor in water and you put those tablets in there and just you see a little fizz and all of a sudden, shh, it's, it's gone, gone. Being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. This is heat that cannot even be measured. We think we felt, we have felt uh, the reality of fire, but, but when this earth is set on fire, It'll be a fire the likes of which no one can even comprehend. Then uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 65, Isaiah 65 verse 17 says something wonderful. It says, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. What does that mean? What makes heaven so wonderful and exciting? is that we will not be able to remember those former things 
that hurt us. How many of you have ever been hurt? Let me see your hands. Some of you are hurting now because someone has hurt you. How many of you have experienced betrayal? Put both my hands up. Uh, how many of you have been lied to, mistreated, abused? These things will not be remembered anymore or come to mind. Now, that makes heaven heaven. The abuse, you, you cannot remember what happened to you on earth. The betrayal, the atrocities, the troubles in this world. And this world is filled with trouble, and you don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble has a way of finding you. at finding you. And so, um, but you won't remember those things when you get to heaven. Those things will be passed away. Verse 1b says, also there was no more sea in, the, in that verse, verse 1b. Uh, the sea occupies most of the earth's surface today. Approximately three-fourths of the total surface of the earth is water. So you have more water on the earth than you do land. John sees this vision as he was exiled and excluded on the Isle of Patmos, separated from civilization. The sea represents the storms of life. The sea represents devastation. It represents destruction and isolation. For John was banished banished to the Isle of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus Christ. What an amazing thought that there will be no more sea to separate the nations of the world as God's people live in total peace and unity with him without the calamities of life. What makes heaven so wonderful? Number two, the bridegroom, who is Jesus Christ, will present his bride, the church, her brand new home. John chapter 14, uh, verses 2 and 3 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Now the time has come for the bridegroom. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride of Christ. Heaven comes down and he presents a home for his new bride. You, you husband, husbands and fathers out there, if somebody, a man, young man comes and say, I want to marry your daughter, uh, you, you want to know what he has. What you got? You do, are, you, are you prepared to receive her? And you are prepared by having a place for her to stay and uh, getting, getting her out of your pocketbook. And so, and, and he needs to, that man that's coming to, to take your daughter in holy, holy matrimony, uh, he needs to have his own house and not look forward to staying in your house because he can't be the head of your house. Why don't you say amen? And then any man that wants to marry your daughter that's worth anything ought to want to have a house. I don't care if it's but a lean-to with one little room and efficiency. You can be the head of that to the glory of God. Get one cot and a little table and a little microwave, and that's your house. And it's not how you start, it's how you end. That's right. And if you don't have much when you start, my wife and I didn't have much when we started, but I did have vision. I had faith, and I would work, and it all panned out in the end. Amen? But we didn't stay in anybody's house. We got our own house, our own place, and we had our own children. And we took care of our business the way married folk ought to. Amen? So, so it's wonderful. And Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. 
And the church is the bride. We are the bride of Christ. And Jesus has prepared a home for us. John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Heaven is a real place, and its location is above. You say, where is heaven? It's above. What's above? Up. You say, where is that in the Bible? In Galatians chapter 4, verse 26a says, but the Jerusalem above is free. In Acts chapter 1, verses 10 through 11, it says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went where? Up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing what? Up into where? Heaven. This same Jesus who was taken up, you see, up, up, up from you into heaven, up into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Heaven is up. It is up above the earth atmosphere. It is above the galaxies. This is above Pluto, Neptune, and Mars, and Venus. It's up. Matter of fact, how far is it? You can't calculate the upness of heaven. It's way up. It's up where a rocket can't go. No one can go there unless your body has been transformed. For flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. Heaven is way up. Up. It is up. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bridegroom, will present his beautifully adorned wife, the church of the living God, to her new home, the holy city, New Jerusalem, which will come down out of heaven from God and transitions to earth. In heaven, we will not have marriages as we have today on earth. You say, will not be marrying and all of those things? No, not in that sense, because Matthew twenty-two thirty says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven, like. You see that word, like angels. It didn't say we become angels. We don't become angels when we go to heaven, grow little wings, and start strumming hops and all of that kind of stuff. Get all that fairytale stuff out of your mind. If you want to know what heaven's like, read your Bible. Amen? <laughs> read your Bible. So it, it, it says we'll be like the angel. The word like, it's, it's a simile. You'll be like the angels in the sense that you're not, you're not married, nor you'll be given in marriage. Why? Because we will ultimately, all of us, husbands and wives, and all of us will be married to the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. The church of the living God is the bride of Christ. And when we get to heaven, there will be a marrying of the bride of Christ to the bridegroom who is the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, what about my husband and my wife of 40, 50 years and all that? Oh, don't worry. They'll be there and you'll have identity and personality and be able to talk and reason and have fun. But the dynamics of that relationship will be different because we'll all be married and united in Christ in a way that we cannot comprehend. And yet we will still know intimately each other as well as the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, will marry his bride who is the church. The church becomes the wife of Christ. You say, where is that? Well, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, it says, let us be glad. You know, 
following your wedding, you're glad. When a marriage, you're not sad. Oh, my goodness. You, you ought to be glad. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Who is the Lamb? The, the Lamb is the Lord Jesus Christ has come. And his wife, who is the wife? It is the church of the living God. That's us. Has made herself ready. By the way, look at that word ready. Are you ready? Are you? This is our preparation room. And we are getting ready to meet the bridegroom. And he's coming for his bride one day. Are you ready? Are you living holy unto the Lord? Are you speaking words that will build up and not tear down your family, tear down your children emotionally, tear down your marriage? Are you walking with your face looking presentable like Christ? Are you abstaining from sin and going to certain places, looking at certain shows, going to certain internet sites? Are you abstaining from pornography? Are you abstaining from sexual immorality and gambling and whoremongering and all of these things? Why? Because you're getting ready to meet the Savior. One day you're going to die. And you can die at any moment, but you want to die making ready to go to be with the Lord. Thirdly, what makes heaven so beautiful? Heaven is a place where God will live in the midst of his people. Heaven is a place where God will live in the midst of his people. Look at verse 3. It's all in the text. Read your Bible. Don't go to horoscopes. Go to the Bible. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. In the first advent, a coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, God became man through the virgin birth. The scripture says in the gospel of John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace And truth, Jesus became man. God, he was man, fully God, fully man. 100% God, 100% man. When Christ's work on earth was finished, he went back to heaven to take his seat at the right hand of the Father. How exciting it is to know that, that in this verse, Jesus Christ himself, who is both God and man, will actually live in his physical glorified body right in the midst of his people forever. And we'll, we'll see the nail prints in his hand. We'll see the, the prints in his side and feet where he was crucified uh, to procure our salvation, my friend. He will be right in the midst of his people. Now, we, we haven't seen God but one day we will. Just like Thomas thrust his hand in the, in, in the side of our Lord and Savior, we too will have that privilege to be able to touch the Lord Jesus Christ as he will be in our very presence. Now, the greatest blessing of, of heaven is not walking the streets of gold. It's, and if you don't ever get gold, don't worry about it. It'll be street walking material in heaven, Okay. Uh, the greatest blessing is not walking on streets of gold or seeing and visiting the saints of all the ages. 
oh, oh, I'll see mama and I'll see daddy and sister and Aunt Sue and Uncle Bob and all these people. That's wonderful to see them. It's very wonderful. Oh, when I, some of you say, well, I can't wait to get to heaven because I want to see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Timothy, and Paul, and all of the saints. That's wonderful. But the, what makes heaven heaven is that Jesus Christ himself will be there. Will be there. Can't wait to see him. Look upon his face. When I see Jesus, I'll say amen. When I see the one who died for me, I'll say hallelujah, amen. Hair like lambs, wool, eyes like balls of fire, feet like bronze. When I see the Savior, I'll be so awed and overwhelmed with the Savior. I will fall, perhaps even faint from the glory and majesty of almighty God, almighty God. What makes heaven so spectacular is that God will live right in the midst of his people and our relationship with God uh, will be so special, which began at conversion. Your relationship with God begins the moment you get saved and you continue that relationship on into heaven and that relationship and worship of him will be unhindered by the distractions of the world. We'll be able to worship God in a way that is without sin because you'll have no sin nature when you get over there. There'll be no devil because he's forever in the lake of fire. He's gone. No temptation because of no sin, no devil, no temptation, no evil there. Just imagine we will be able to fellowship, converse, talk, and laugh with God face to face. What would it be like to laugh with God? You say, can God laugh? Do you laugh? Now, some of y'all laugh so much that you're laughing at the wrong stuff. We have the capacity to laugh. God is real. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the indwelling Holy Spirit becomes alive in us. And as indescribably good as that is, the best is yet to come. In heaven... God himself will live among his children. No more problems, no more pain, no more preparing for the worst, because the worst will no longer exist, nor will we remember that it ever did. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Palmverse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.